Welcome to Fear Less, an audio series designed to help you take action towards letting go of your eating disorder. My name is Jessica Flint, and I'll be your guide to helping you embody the recovered version of yourself. Like every human being ever to walk this planet, you and I are not immune to fear. It is biologically programmed into our brains. At the same time, I'm committed to not letting fear control my destiny and want you to have the same freedom. Every time we choose courage over fear, we grow stronger and receive what we desire most in regards to our recovery, our health, love, wealth, and impact in the world. In order to fully let go of your eating disorder and whatever is holding you back in life, you need to learn how to alchemize fear into courage. So let's lock arms and do this work together. Welcome back, my warrior loves. Today, we are going to be looking at the role control plays in masking fear. Now, in our last lesson, we looked at two essential skills to work on to better manage fear and anxiety. And just to briefly cover these, the first skill is the ability to manage uncertainty. So this means being able to tolerate not knowing. And the second skill is the ability to manage discomfort. This can be emotional discomfort, bodily discomfort, mental discomfort, and this is a key skill to hone in order to better manage your fear and anxiety. So I recommend checking that lesson out and starting fearless from the very beginning because some of these lessons do layer upon one another. If you miss a lesson, it's not like you're totally going to be lost in the dark here, but it does help if you start at the very beginning and really think about a fear that you're actively working on and use this as an opportunity to put it into practice in your daily life. We are looking for real results here, which means you have to take it from theory to practice to mastery. So we are sharing the theory here, but let get your beautiful booty out into the world and start pushing past these fears Now, today I have my co-pilot, Andrea Wells, with me uh, on this fearless adventure. So welcome, Andrea. So happy to have you here. Thank you. Wonderful as always. Now, Andrea is going to be moving into the new role of host of Recover Strong, and she's going to be making her debut very shortly and just so grateful to have her take this on. Yeah, I'm so grateful too. Thank you for the opportunity. Um, I think it's super exciting. Obviously, I love just recovery warriors in general. I've been a, I don't know if fan's the right word, but I used to listen to the podcast years ago, followed the newsletter, and many years into recovery now. And just to see how far I've come, I think that's exciting. I'm going to toot my own horn, toot my own horn here. <laughs> it's exciting. Toot toot. <laughs> uh, I think it's amazing that I've, I've come so far and I I'm working regularly. That's something that I've mentioned before is I used to struggle with um, holding a job because my mental health was so severe and like I'm in a good place with my mental health, with eating disorder recovery. I'm working. I'm working in a a cause I care very much about. I'm passionate about recovery and I'm the host. I'm going to be the host. (laughs) It's all come full circle. It's so exciting. And I, I really hope that I can help people or inspire people the same way that I was helped and inspired by you and all the guests that you had on the Recovery Warrior shows years ago. I hope to to give more of that back. Yes. Oh, you're such a yeah, you're such a great addition to our team. It's it's amazing. And I'm really looking forward to that as well. And it's funny how you talk about how you mentioned 
like how it's all full circle. Because today in this lesson, we're I'm sharing a story. This story, uh, this lesson is much more story based uh, and helps unpack control. But without going too much into it, it was looking at how I at the time never. And when this lesson aired, so by the way, a lot of by the way, fear less these lessons within it. Well, all things are recorded in the beginning of 2022. And at that time, we were about two years right into the pandemic, just under two years into the pandemic. And I had yet to get groceries delivered to my house. And there was a very specific reason why is because of control and not being able to choose how my produce was going to turn out. And I just want to reflect on that because how you said, Andrea, like looking at how you're in such a good place now with your recovery since that show that because you guys literally got to hear the episode the day I did it. Like it was like, oh, my God, I'm facing this fear. And some of you guys may be like, that's such a simple fear. Like, Jessica, why would you ever care? Like it actually was a big deal for me. And I have gotten my groceries and my groceries have been ordered by delivery Every single time since then, I think I've only gone into the grocery store like twice since then, which has saved me hours of time, has allowed me to do other things that I love to do instead. And yeah, it's just been crazy to think that that was something that I was being held back by. And now looking at it and how I'm like all about grocery delivery, when someone's like complaining about getting groceries, I'm like, just get them delivered. (laughs) And I know it costs more. But once again, I look at like what's $10 for two hours of my time. So for me, it's like a no brainer. It's an absolute no brainer. And it's just so nice. And all the fears that I had about how I was going to get the worst bell peppers and the worst avocados and that I was just going to just did not happen. Like I've had only two events that I've literally been like, oh man, like that sucked. And I actually got it refunded, you know? So it like didn't even have what I thought was going to happen. Sometimes it's helpful for us to look at more simple fears, even though I I did say that this was a difficult thing for me to, to initially initiate in my life. At the same time, when I look at it, I'm like, that was all just my mind playing the story on what was going to happen, what was my going back to we experience fear when there's an unwanted future. I did not want bad produce. <laughs> and to the degree really I thought it was going to happen. <laughs> oh, I really didn't want it. And the degree I thought it was going to happen, I'm like, nobody knows how to pick up produce. Like, I know how to pick up produce. Like, that's how I was so sure that I know how to pick up my produce. No one else can do it for me. Um, strangers can't, you know. And to think that was going to happen, that created that emotion. So anyways, just kind of wanted to throw that out there. And uh to just help you guys start to like find your own stories of these in your life where Andrea, did you ever have an experience around control where you were so holding on tight to something because of control and then you let go and whatever was meant to arise or how your perception of that situation changed once you allowed that control to be let go of? Yeah. Well, mine is a little higher level when you ask me that. The first thing that comes to mind is just my relationship to food in general I had to feel like I had to control it when I felt like I was controlling it. I felt restricted and then I felt like I had to rebel against it. So it was like a binge, purge, restrict cycle that I was in for many years. And it's just acknowledging that like the more I held on to control of my relationship to food, the more I didn't actually have it. So just letting go of the concept of control in general helped me a lot to bring a lot more freedom. Um, Unconditional permission to eat helped me a lot too. And that's what comes to mind when I'm talking about control issues around food and realizing that when you can let that go, it actually brings better things. It's a little bit of a different way from what you're saying. And also, um, 
I, f- I feel like you're kind of invalidating yourself a little bit when you're like, oh, it's silly. I don't think it's silly. I think we all have fears or um, rituals that might look silly to some people on the outside, or maybe we judge ourselves for. They seem small, but what's important to you is what's important to you. Your fears are valid. So I think that there's something people can take away from it no matter what. Well, thanks. You're welcome. And especially people with eating disorders, I think, you know, you're worried about your food being perfect or having control over it. I think if any crowd's going to understand that, it's this one. Yeah. I mean, I definitely have those tendencies. They go back from, I mean, I remember when I was in grade school, um, high school even. I mean, it started very early, but I, I couldn't cross something out. I literally like couldn't. So I would do, if I had a homework assignment that was front to back and I messed up a word, I would have to redo the whole entire thing. And there was nobody breathing down my neck saying this, but it was such a perfectionist. Like it probably could have been a little more like OCD tendencies, like, but it was just this, um, I couldn't, I just couldn't have a mistake on my page. And I, even to this day, I still travel with um, correction tape. Like, so, but I'm okay. Like, I make, I am better with crossing things out now and making mistakes. But you're still handwriting stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. I only do that if I like have to, like Such a rare a birthday card or <laughs> signing a receipt at a restaurant. That's about the only time I'm going to use a pen and paper. Yeah, you're you're a millennial, right? True and true. I think I'm on like the yeah, cusp. smack dab in the middle, millennial. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, but but even just embracing that. So like, I have started to embrace imperfection more and celebrate it. Right. So this is the thing, guys. When uh, when we look at fear, right, we experience fear because there's an unwanted future, right? So if we our unwanted future is like a mistake, right? Ah, what's that going to mean? And we don't want that to happen. And the more we don't want it to happen, the more. But now, if we send out a newsletter, for example, and there's a typo or like I forgot a comma or did, you know, I think the last one that went out, I think there's probably supposed to be a comma between your name and something. Anyways, if there's like a, an error, instead of being like, oh my God, what are people going to think? I've trained my brain to be like, yeah, that's awesome. That's so good. I sent it out. Done is better than perfect because perfection is what freaking keeps us from living our freaking life. Like, can I, I'm thinking back to little high school Jessica. Yeah. She was on route being valedictorian. Who gives a f- like that didn't make or break my life. It actually broke my mental health, to be honest, to, to get that. And I like could have been doing so much cooler things with my time than crumpling up my homework assignment because it wasn't good enough and it wasn't perfect. And like all these things when we're just trying to control something to make it a certain way so we don't get judged and we are viewed in a certain light, quote unquote, perfect or however we want, like not judged essentially, takes us away from living our life. Absolutely. I think perfectionism is so common. Overachieving is so common for for people with eating disorders. It's something I'm still unpacking. You're talking about typos in our newsletter. And I'm thinking about how much I stress over like the show notes that I write. And I'm like, oh my God, if there's a typo, I'm like, damn it. I'm like, Jessica's going to think I'm such a dummy. And oh my God. So I'm going to steal your little tactic of being like, yeah, I did it. And you're always (laughs) telling me done is better than perfect. This is not coming from Jessica by any means. It's just childhood stuff, perfectionism. I think a lot of people can relate to that. Like it's n- it's not going to tear the world down. I always think like, oh, do the world just end? Like I, I kind of joke with those <laughs> things. Like even for example, like inside, like we just sent out our new newsletter. Oh my gosh, guys, if you aren't subscribed, 
to our new Warrior Wednesday newsletter, I highly recommend getting on it. It's just such a valuable, we're doing our three, two, one insights. And so if you're a podcast listener, you're going to totally love it. But we sent out our very first version. We're remaking it. I'm just I, like so excited about this format and how it's just going to be a little gem that you're going to get in your inbox every week that you're actually going to want to read. Our promise is this is the newsletter that your recovered self is going to thank you for reading each week. And so to get on that, go to recoverywarriors.com slash connect. And we sent it out and we changed a link in the show notes for one of the shows. And Andrea didn't know that it went out. So it's kind of a little miscommunication, a little snafu there. And yeah, you people who opened that and clicked on a link within the first hour went to a broken link. It's just like, did the did the world end? Did like, you know, just kind of putting that perspective, like, did it did someone get into a bad like, oh, okay, so they go to a broken link? Like, uh, yeah, that's not ideal, but did the world end? Is their day going to go on? Did they lose trust in us in a company? Maybe, but hopefully they can get over that, you know, and then we made a mistake. Whoops. And yeah. we're doing the best that we can. And so it's just like recognizing with perfectionism how much it can hold you back. And there's so much of that with an eating disorder. It, it, and I, it really is where we're trying to make ourselves feel safe. Like trying to control these things is an effort to try to feel safe in some way, to not be judged right? To to feel accepted, approved of, liked, whatever it is, to feel safe, however it is for you uh, in, in how it, it you know manifests in, in your specific tendencies that you have around control. But just know that that's not truly what's going to give you safety. It just is what takes you out of living your life and experiencing it authentically, which is messy and perfect with sc- Correct scratches and broken links and all these things. <laughs> That's a <laughs> typos, <laughs> typos, <laughs> correction tape. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I love correction tape. I was yeah, I yeah, old habits die hard. Uh, but. Yeah, so that's looking at control, and um, you guys are in for a little story here to hear how you can look at control differently, and or how you can understand control differently. So let's dive into that lesson. In our lesson today, we will be exploring the role control plays in the fear cycle. Now, previously, you learned that anxiety is essentially a more elaborate form of fear. And when we experience anxiety, control comes in as a way to reduce it. Control can come in to save the situation. And whatever you are having to make a decision about in that moment, you can be certain that you are right about it. So control can be an illusion of having power. You can control the outcome. So as you are exploring how to work with fear and your anxiety, it's important to see how am I working with my control? Now, in my case, I want to share a simple, somewhat even probably silly story around control that I think can really help you understand. One, that even though it may seem really simple on the surface, maybe there's some deeper things you can look at when you find yourself wanting to control situations or control outcomes, and also to see ways that you can work on control by exposing yourself to something that would trigger your anxiety and make you want to control it and putting yourself in the situation where you cannot. So 
today was a monumental day. It was the very first time I've ever ordered groceries online and had them delivered to my house. So I'm sure most people probably have at some point ordered groceries or were able to order groceries and have them delivered to their doorstep. Now, why did it take me so long to do this? Well, it actually boils down to bell peppers. Of all things, bell peppers. Red bell peppers, yellow bell peppers, and orange bell peppers. I love bell peppers. They're one of my favorite vegetables. I put them in my omelets. I put them in my salads, cook them with my chicken, stir fry. They're my favorite. I can eat them raw. And when I go to the grocery store, I love to really get the best pepper, the perfect pepper. And it can take me minutes to find one. I rummage all the way through. I Yeah, I'm that annoying girl in, in the grocery store who's touching her hand over all the peppers. And I'm looking at them and I'm investigating. And if there's a soft spot and if the color is, I want a vibrant yellow, a vibrant orange, a vibrant red. I really put my full detail-oriented superpowers into these peppers. And I've even had times where I'm shopping with somebody and I notice the anxiety that comes up when I want to get into my pepper finding routine that I feel rushed, that this person here is going to be judging me because I'm taking too long to get my pepper. And at the same time, I'm like, oh my God, I want to like get the right pepper. So I've noticed one, the anxiety comes up when I have to rush my pepper picking process. However, the thought of delegating that out to somebody else, to have somebody else A stranger, mind you, that I have no idea, who doesn't even know how much these peppers mean to me, to have them pick out my pepper and bring it to me. At the risk of sounding somewhat like trivial and and silly, like that actually made me go, hell no. (laughs) Hell no. No one is touching my pepper. Don't even think about it. And... I recognize that part of letting go of fear, because first let's just sit back on this story here, right? First, let's kind of psychoanalyze this for a second. Okay, homegirl has got control issues around her peppers. Now, is there anything deeper than that? Like, is it just simply that she wants the right pepper? She wants to know how her pepper is going to look like and taste like and wants to give the best shot possible for getting the best pepper. Yeah, that probably, there's something there, right? But in the series, we're really exploring fear, right? So let's go a little bit deeper than that. If you remember back to the four core fears that we talked about, let's jog your memory here. So we have death. Do you think I'm afraid that if someone was to pick out my pepper, that I would, that I think I would die? No, no. I wouldn't equate a subpar pepper to death. All right, so we'll scratch that one off. That core fear, out. Separation, the fear of separation. If someone else picks out my pepper, am I going to feel that I got abandoned, rejected, that I don't have a a connectedness and belonging? No, that's not it, right? Doesn't have anything to do with abandonment, 
rejection. Uh, I mean, maybe if Peppers had feelings, they'd be like, oh my gosh, she put me back. (laughs) I'm not lovable. If Peppers could talk. Okay, so fear of death. No. Fear of separation. No. Fear of ego death. That was the one where we talked about humiliation, shame, worthlessness. By having someone pick a pepper out that I would maybe not want to have, will I feel uh, humiliated or shame or worthlessness? No, that's not it. Now, which leads us to our final core fear here, is loss of autonomy. By having someone else pick out a pepper, knowing that I have a certain protocol, a certain thing that I look at, right? I can't tell the person my protocol or let them know a good pepper versus a not so good pepper, right? I can't download that information to them. So there is a fear of a loss of autonomy, which is the fear of circumstances beyond my control. For me, being able to go to the store and pick out my pepper, that is a form of independence, self-reliance. I have the freedom to choose what I want to choose. And why I like to think about the four core fears here is because you start to see the bigger issue. So it's much deeper than the pepper. It's not about the pepper. The pepper is just a playing ground for this fear to be acted out upon. And once you identify the core fear, you can say, well, in what other ways do I struggle with this loss of autonomy? Or what other ways do I want something to be exactly like I want it to be? And it's important to be able to put it in check. So I will proudly say that I accepted my grocery delivery today. And no, the peppers were not the peppers that I would have chosen. But they're not terrible. So for me, this was a form of exposure therapy to know that somebody else was going to make decisions for me. And this idea of control can keep us really fixed. And essentially, you want to be able to have more flexibility, meaning allowing for more opportunities and experiences. In that time that I was not shopping and spending multiple minutes picking out a pepper, I was getting ready while talking to my best friend and I led a coaching session. So in that time, I got to have connection, which is something that really fuels me. And the moral of the story for me was face your fear in small ways. Because these basement fears that we have, these core fears, they act upon our lives in many different ways. One expression for me is the peppers, but it does act out in other ways in my life. Now for you, think about your control and what ways are you controlling and think about what core fear is underneath it. In my case, it was loss of autonomy, but yours could be completely different. So if you find yourself controlling food, what is behind that? What's underneath it? Get to the root, the basement fear and start to see in what, in what ways is this creating a cap or a ceiling on my growth? Today was a great day for me to face the fear of having someone else pick out my groceries. And you know what? I'm actually happy that I did it. It worked out. So to wrap up this lesson, think about control in your life. 
Where are the areas in your life or the specific tasks or things that you do that you feel anxiety around when it doesn't go exactly as you want? Because there is an anxiety underneath that. When there is an anxiety underneath that, there is a fear underneath that. And when we get to the root fear, the core fear, then you're able to do the deeper work of seeing how this fear controls other areas of your life and ultimately your growth and reaching your highest potential. So for me, the main lesson I derived from this is I need to delegate to elevate, which means I will have to face my fear of a loss of autonomy. Now I turn it over to you. What is yours and what fear are you going to have to face in order to rise? Because fear can also be the acronym for face everything and rise. The greatest things in life are on the other side of fear. So let's not waste another moment of our precious lives holding ourselves back. And if you want support to cultivate the courage to face your own fears in recovery, head over to www.jointhecourageclub.com to get on the waitlist for The Courage Club. The Courage Club is a personalized support system and a supportive community to uplift you every step of the way. Picture yourself surrounded by a community of resilient warriors who genuinely care about your progress and will celebrate every victory, no matter how small, and are walking on a similar path to full eating disorder recovery. Inside, we are tackling struggles with food, body image concerns, and negative thought patterns. Head over to www.jointhecourageclub.com and embrace the journey towards a healthier and happier you. Thank you for tuning in today. And remember that fear doesn't have to hold you back. You can live with greater courage and take back your precious power. 